The Paw Paw Village Players proudly present William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. For more information on how you can support the players, please visit ppvp.org. This production will feature the music of A Midsummer Night's Dream composed by Felix Mendelssohn and the voice talents of Linda Kravitz voicing Hippolyta, Queen of the Amazon. Roger C. Henderson voicing Theseus, a Duke of Athens. John Netto as Lysander, poet of Athens. Josh Beery voicing Demetrius, nobleman of Athens. Michael Seaman voicing Philistrate, master of revels to Theseus. Don Stein voicing Peter Quince, the carpenter. Cole Zubak voicing Nick Bottom, the weaver. Lars J. Loughborough playing Francis Flute, the bellows mender. Patrick McCafferty voicing Tom Snout, the tinker. Logan McCafferty voicing Snug, the joiner. Kieran McCafferty voicing Robin Starveling, the tailor. Jacob Burrell voicing Oberon, king of the fairies. Abigail Beck Snow voicing Titania, queen of the fairies. Hannah Snow voicing Robin Goodfellow, a puck in the service of Oberon. Scene 1. Enter Theseus, Hippolyta, and Philistrate, lords and attendants. Tis strange, my Theseus, that these lovers speak of. More strange than true. I never may believe these antique fables nor these fairy toys. Lovers and madmen have such seething brains, such shaping fantasies that apprehend more than cool reason ever comprehends. The lunatic the lover, and the poet, are of imagination all compact. One sees more devils than vast hell can hold. That is the madman. The lover, all as frantic, sees Helen's beauty in a brow of Egypt. The poet's eye in a fine frenzy rolling doth glance from heaven to earth and from earth to heaven, and his imagination bodies forth the forms of things unknown, the poet's pen turns them to shapes and gives to airy nothing a local habitation and a name. Such tricks hath strong imagination that if it would not apprehend some joy, it comprehends some bringer of that joy. Or in the night, imagining some fear, how easy is a bush supposed to be a bear. But all the story of the night told over and all their minds transfigured so together more witnesseth than fancies images, and grows to something of great constancy. But whosoever strange and admirable. 
and her lovers, Lysander, Demetrius, Hermia, and Helena. Here come the lovers, full of joy and mirth. Joy, gentle friends, joy in fresh days of love accompany your hearts. More than to us wait in your royal walks, your board, your bed. Come now, what masks, what dances shall we have to wear away this long age of three hours between our after-supper and bedtime? Where is our usual manager of mirth? What revels are in hand? Is there no play to ease the anguish of a torturing hour? Call Philostrate. Here, mighty Theseus. Say what abridgment have you for this evening? What mask, what music? How shall we beguile the lazy time, if not with some delight? There is a brief, how many sports are ripe? Make choice of which your highness will see first. The battle with the centaurs to be sung by an Athenian eunuch to the harp. Will none of that. That have I told my love in glory of my kinsman Hercules, the riot of the tipsy bacchanals, tearing the Thracian singer in their rage. There is an old device, and it was played, when I from Thebes came last a conqueror. The thrice three muses mourning for the death of learning, late deceased and in beggary. That is some satire, keen and critical, not sorting with a nuptial ceremony. A tedious brief scene of young Pyramus and his love Thisbe, very tragical mirth. Merry and tragical, tedious and brief, this is hot ice and wondrous strange snow. How shall we find the concord of this discord? A play there is, my lord, some ten words long, which is as brief as I have known a play. But by ten words, my lord, it is too long, which makes it tedious for all in the play. There is not one word apt, one player fitted, and tragical, my noble lord, it is. For Pyramus therein doth kill himself, which, when I saw rehearsed, I must confess, made mine eyes water, but more merry tears. The passion of loud laughter never shed. What are they that do play it? Hard-handed men that work in Athens here, which never labored in their minds until now and which have toiled their unbreathed memories with this same play against your nuptials. And we will hear it. No, my noble lord, it is not for you. I have heard it over, and it is nothing, nothing in the world, unless you can find sport in their intents, extremely stretched and conned with cruel pain to do you service. I will hear that play, for never anything can be amiss when simpleness and duty tender it. Go bring them in, and take your places, ladies. Philostrate exits. I love not to see wretchedness o'er charged, and duty in his service perishing. Why, gentle sweet, you shall see no such thing. He says they can do nothing in this kind. The kinder we to give them thanks for nothing. Our sport shall be to take what they mistake, and what poor duty cannot do, noble respect takes it in might, not merit. 
where I have come great clerks have proposed to greet me with premeditated welcomes, where I have seen them shiver and look pale, make periods in the midst of sentences, throttle their practice accents in their fears, and in conclusion dumbly have broke off, not paying me a welcome. Trust me, sweet, out of this silence yet I picked a welcome, and in the modesty of fearful duty I read as much from the rattling tongue of saucy and audacious eloquence. Love, therefore, and tongue-tied simplicity, in least speak most to my capacity. Enter Philistrate. So please, your grace, the prologue is addressed. Let him approach. Enter the prologue. If we offend, it is with our good will that you should think we come not to offend, but with good will to show our simple skill. That is the true beginning of our end. Consider then, we come but in despite, we do not come as minding to content you. Our true intent is all for your delight. We are not here that you should here repent you. The actors are at hand, and by their show you shall know all that you are like to know. Prologue exits. This fellow doth not stand upon points. He hath rid his prologue like a rough colt. He knows not the stop. A good moral, my lord. It is not enough to speak, but to speak true. Indeed, he hath played on this prologue like a child on a recorder. A sound, but not in government. His speech was like a tangled chain, nothing impaired, but... All disordered. Who is next? Enter Pyramus, bottom, and Thisbe, flute, and Wall, snout, and Moonshine, starveling, and Lion, snug, and Prologue, quince. Gentles, perchance you wonder at this show, but wonder on till truth make all things plain. This man is Pyramus, if you would know. This beauteous lady, Thisbe, is certain. This man with lime and rough cast doth present Wall, that vile wall which did these lovers sunder, and through walls chink, poor souls they are content to whisper at which let no men wonder. This man with lantern, dog, and bush of thorn presenteth moonshine, for if you will know, by moonshine did these lovers think no scorn to meet at Ninus' tomb, there, there to woo. This grisly beast, which lion hight by name, the trusty Thisbe, coming first by night, did scare away, or rather did affright, and as she fled, her mantle she did fall, which lion vile with bloody mouth did stain. Anon comes Pyramus, sweet youth and tall, and finds his trusty Thisbe's mantle slain, whereat with blade, with bloody, blameful blade, he bravely broached his boiling bloody breast, and Thisbe tarrying in mulberry shade, his dagger drew and died. For all the rest, let lion, moonshine, wall, and lovers twain at large discourse, while here they do remain. I wonder if the lion be to speak. No wonder, my lord. One lion may when many asses do. Lion, Thisbe, moonshine, and prologue, exit. In this same interlude it doth befall, that I one snout by name present a wall, and such a wall as I would have you think, that had in it a crannied hole or chink, through which the lovers, Paramus and Thisbe, did whisper often, very secretly, 
This loam, this rough cast, and this stone doth show that I am the same wall, the truth is so. And this the cranny is right and sinister, through which the fearful lovers are to whisper. Would you desire lime and hair to speak better? It is the wittiest partition that ever I heard discourse, my lord. Pyramus draws near the wall. Silence. O oh, Crimlock's night, O oh, night with hue so black, O oh, night, whichever art when day is not, O oh, night, O oh, night, alack, alack, alack! I fear my Thisbe's promise is forgot, and thou, O oh, wall, O oh, sweet, O oh, lovely wall, that stands between your father's ground and mine, thou wall. O wall, O sweet and lovely wall, show me thy chink to blink through with mine eye. Thanks, courteous wall, shall shield thee well for this. But what see I? No thisbe do I see. O wicked wall, through whom I see no bliss, cursed be thy stones for thus deceiving me. The wall, methinks, being sensible, should curse again. No. In truth, sir, he should not. Deceiving me is Thisbe's cue. She is to enter now, and I am to spy her through the wall. You shall see it will fall apart as I told you. Yonder she comes. Enter Thisbe. O oh, wall, full often hast thou heard my moans for parting my fair Pyramus and me. Oh, my cherry lips have often kissed Thy stones, those tiny stones with lime and hair knit up in thee. I see a voice. Now will I to the chink to spy. Am I to hear my Thisbe's face? Thisbe? My love? Thou art my love, I think. Think what thou wilt. I am thy lover's grace. And like Lamander... Am I trusty still? And I, like Helen, till the fates me kill. Nashaphilus to Procris was so true. As Shaphilus to Procris, I to you. Oh, kiss me through the hole of this vile wall. I kiss the wall's hole. Not your lips at all. <laughs> Will through that ninny's tomb meet me straight away? Tide life, tide death, I come without delay. Bottom and flute, exit. Thus have I, Wall, my part discharged so, and being done, thus Wall away doth go. He exits. Now is the wall down between the two neighbors. No remedy, my lord, when walls are so willful to hear without warning. This is the silliest stuff that I ever heard. The best in this kind are but shadows, and the worst are no worse if imagination amend them. It must be your imagination, then, and not theirs. If we imagine no worse of them than they of themselves, they may pass for excellent men. Here come two noble beasts in, a man and a lion. Enter lion, snug, 
and moonshine startling. You ladies, you whose gentle hearts do fear, the smallest monstrous mouse that creeps on floor, may now perchance both quake and tremble here. When lion rough in wildest rage doth roar, then know that I, as snug the joiner, am a lion fell, nor else no lion's dam. For if I should as lion come in strife into this place, twere pity on my life. A very gentle beast, and of good conscience. The very best at a beast, my lord, that e'er I saw. This lion is a very fox for his valor. True, and a goose for his discretion. Not so, my lord, for his valor cannot carry his discretion, and the fox carries the goose. His discretion, I am sure, cannot carry his valor, for the goose carries not the fox. It is well. Leave it to his discretion, and let us listen to the moon. This lanthorn doth the horned moon present. He should have worn the horns on his head. He is no crescent, and his horns are invisible within the circumference. This lanthorn doth the horned moon present, myself the man if the moon do seem to be. This is the greatest error of all the rest. The man should be put into the lanthorn. How is it else the man in the moon? He dares not come there for the candle, for you see it is already in snuff. I am weary of this moon. Would he would change? It appears by his small light of discretion that he is in the wane, yet in courtesy, in all reason, we must stay the time. Proceed, moon. All that I have to say is to tell you that the lanthorn is the moon, and I the man it the moon, this thornbush my thornbush, and this dog my dog. Why, all these should be in the lanthorn, for all these are in the moon. But silence, here comes Thisbe. Enter Thisbe, flute. This is old Ninny's tomb. Where is my love? Roar! Thisbe runs off, dropping her mantle. Oh, well roared, lion! Well run, Thisbe. Well shown, moon. Truly the moon shines with good grace. Lion worries the mantle. Well moused, lion. Enter Pyramus. And then came Pyramus. Lion exits. And so the lion vanished. Sweet moon, I thank thee for thy sunny beams. I thank thee, moon, for shining now so bright. For by thy gracious, golden, glittering gleams, I trust the take of truest this sight. But stay, O spite, but mark, poor knight, what dreadful dull is here. Eyes, do I see? How can it be? O tainty duck, O dear! Thy mantle good. What stained with blood? Approach, ye furries fell. O fates, come, come, cut thread and thrum. Quail, crush, conclude, and quell. This passion and the death of a dear friend would go near to make a man look sad. Be shrew, my heart, but I pity the man. O oh, wherefore, nature, didst thou lion's frame, since lion vile hath here deflowered, my dear, which is, no, no, which was the fairest dame that lived, that loved, that liked, that looked the cheer. Come, tears, confound, out, sword, and wound, the pap of Pyramus, I, that left pap, where heart doth hop. 
Pyramus stabs himself. <gasps> thus die I. Thus. 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 Now am I dead. Now am I fled. My soul is in the sky. Tongue, loose thy light. Moon, take thy flight. Moonshine exits. Now die. 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 Pyramus falls. No die, but an ace for him, for he is but one. Less than an ace, man, for he is dead. He is nothing. With the help of a surgeon, he might yet recover, and yet prove an ass. How chance Moonshine is gone before Thisbe comes back and finds her lover. She shall find him by starlight. Enter Thisbe, flute. Here she comes, and her passion ends the play. Methinks she should not use a long one for such a pyramus. I hope she will be brief. A moat will turn the balance. Which pyramus, which Thisbe is the better? He for a man, God warrant us, she for a woman. God bless us. She hath spied him already with those sweet eyes. And thus she means Videlicet. Asleep, my love? What? Dead, my dove? Oh, Pyramus, arise! Speak, speak! Quite dumb. Dead, dead, a tomb must cover thy sweet eyes. <laughs> these lily lips, oh, this cherry nose, these yellow cow, cow, slip cheeks are gone. you have sure with shears this thread of silk tongue not a word come come trusty sword come blade my breast in Thisbe stabs herself Thisbe falls. Moonshine and Lion are left to bury the dead. Aye, and Wool too. Bottom and Flute arise. No, I assure you, the wall is down that part of their fathers. Will it please you to see the epilogue or to hear a Bergamask dance between two of our company? 
No epilogue, I pray you, for your play needs no excuse, never excuse, for when the players are all dead, there need none to be blamed. Mary, if he that writ it had played Pyramus and hanged himself in Thisbe's garter, it would have been a fine tragedy, and so it is, truly, and very notably discharged. But come, your burgomask, let your epilogue alone. The Player's Exit The iron tongue of midnight hath told twelve. Lovers to bed, tis almost fairy time. I fear we shall outsleep the coming morn, as much as we this night have overwatched. This palpable gross play hath well beguiled the heavy gate of night. Sweet friends, to bed. A fortnight hold we this solemnity in nightly revels and new jollity. They Exit Enter Robin Goodfellow. Now the hungry lion roars, and the wolf be howls the moon. <laughs> Whilst the heavy plowman snores, all with weary task foredone. Now the wasted brands do glow, whilst the screech-owl, screeching loud, puts the wretch that lies in woe in remembrance. Of a shroud. Now it is the time of night that the graves all gaping wide, every one lets forth his sprite in the churchway paths to glide. And we fairies that do run by the triple Hecate's team from the presence of the sun, following darkness like a dream. Now our frolic. Shh. Not a mouse shall disturb this hallowed house. I am sent with broom before to sweep the dust behind the door. Enter Oberon and Titania, king and queen of fairies, with all their train. Through the house give glimmering light by the dead and drowsy fire. Every elf and fairy sprite hop as light as bird from briar, and this ditty after me sing and dance it trippingly. First rehearse your song by rote, to each word a warbling note, hand in hand with fairy grace. Will we sing and bless this place? Oberon leads the fairies in song and dance.
Now, until the break of day, through this house each fairy stray, to the best bride bed will we, which by us shall blessed be, and the issue there create ever shall be fortunate. So shall all the couples three ever true and loving be, and the blots of nature's hand shall not in their issue stand, never mole, hair lip, nor scar, nor mark prodigious such as are, despised in nativity, shall upon their children be. With this field do consecrate, every fairy take his gate, and each several chamber bless, through this palace with sweet peace, and the owner of it blessed, ever shall in safety rest. Trip away, make no stay, meet me all by break of day. All but Robin exit. If we shadows have offended, think but this, and all is mended, that you have but but slumbered here while these visions did appear, and this weak and idle theme no more yielding but a dream. Gentles do not reprehend. If you pardon, we will mend. And, as I am an honest puck, if we have unearned luck now to scape the serpent's tongue, we will make amends ere long. Else the puck a liar call. So good night unto you all. Give me your hands if we be friends. And Robin shall restore amends. <laughs>